0: Uh, pastor rick sarah jackson bryland are going through a storm right now and i'm going to quote some things that rick uh, posted from a video from yesterday Uh, and things that we need to remember and there's other people going through storms in this church today and and now as well and so we're not forgetting anyone we want everyone's important and a storm's a storm right i mean when a storm's going on in your life it's hard to focus on any other thing around you but but there are storms going on. But Pastor Rick shared with uh the world on video yesterday things to remember while going through a storm. Trust God through the storm. Turn to scriptures for promises from God. Keep your eyes focused on God and remember to praise God in the middle of it. And he referenced James chapter 1 which talks about faith and endurance so we're going to praise through we're going to give god worship we're going to give god praise we still feel we still feel the pain and what's going on around us but we're going to worship through because god is the creator the creator of the universe we're going to praise him so join with us as we worship and we lift up the name of jesus high in this place amen We praise you we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise Come on let's praise him This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This
1: is what heaven sounds like We praise
0: and I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. The Lord is going to bring honey from the rock. That is amazing. Water from the stone. He pulled water from the stone. The Lord has everything we need. I mean, we can't even dream of the things that that he has in, in the palm of his hand. We thank you, Lord, for that. Manna from heaven. Manna from whatever we need. The Lord has. in this time this time today is a blip in time it's a blip in time well actually then our lives are just a blip in time but the unbeliever the unbeliever what they have to look forward to is is a tombstone with that little blip of a dash between their their birth date and their death date and that's all they have to look forward to but a believer in Jesus that day, <laughs> that's eternity with the Lord in heaven that's what we have to look forward to we can't focus on this little blip it's important don't get me wrong about that but the decisions you make in this little blip are for eternity make sure you make that decision you've got time We've got time right now to make that decision. And I pray, I pray that you do that. Jake Talbert, give him a hand.
2: You're missing your pastor this morning, aren't you? I'm missing him too. I missed them too. Um, got the text Friday afternoon that uh, he needed me to step in. So I did the the wise thing. I, I first asked my wife <laughs> because yesterday was our anniversary. <laughs> I've been married 11 years, and I just want to clear it by her first. Uh, and so, we love the Hayes family. And it's our blessing to help them out. Uh, Pastor Rick said he was going to talk about family this morning. I'm not going in the same direction he is because, well, we're two different people. And So... Uh, it's one of those moments where you open up the Bible and you say, okay, God, what do you got? And uh, so if you have your Bible this morning, go to Philippians chapter two. We'll be there in a, in a few minutes. If you're taking notes, I'm also gonna reference Luke 22, but I will not be reading out of those verses. I see that we have the children in here, which means I'm only gonna preach about 20 minutes. I have small children, and again, I want to keep my wife happy, and they have about 20 minutes before things get squirrely. All the parents said amen, right? Yeah. Family, especially marriage, it's the greatest institution that God ever established to showcase to the world his love for it, and especially his love for his church. Isn't it an awesome thing when you see a family, a family, not just a person, a family following after Jesus? It's awesome. There's a peace with it. No matter what you face, God has you because you put him first. However, in all of history, the family has faced constant scrutiny, especially in our time now. As the world questions whether whether it's a legitimate institution at all. I don't care what a family really looks like, as long as they're following after Jesus, God will move in that household. All of the problems that a family faces, not necessarily with sickness and all that common thing, you know, anytime there's an argument and there doesn't seem to be a solution. Usually at the root of it is selfishness. I did a little uh, research on everybody's favorite research tool, Google, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Looked up just some common causes of divorce. Financial issues. Usually if you break out the checkbook registry... That's rooted in selfishness when you see some impulsive buying. Poor communication, rooted in selfishness because you assume that your partner is a mind reader. Or maybe you feel like you're not being listened to because you're so wrapped up in your own world that you're not giving your spouse the time of day. Infidelity or adultery, Obviously, that's selfish for different reasons that we all know. Those are just three of the common types I saw. And when I stop to think about it, it's all rooted in selfishness. And this is true also in the body of Christ. Ever been to a church where they argue about the carpet color? Or, you know, from a ministry perspective, and I can say this because I'm not the pastor and I won't. See you next week, God willing. But there's always some people that uh, they move from church to church. They're never happy at a church. The common denominator is not the church; it's them. And they want to come in and talk about their old church and how they did things there, and they'd like to start that program here, whatnot. And sometimes it's a God idea, but most of the time it's like, hey. Why are you trying to force that different DNA on us? Am I right, Carlin? Uh, You don't want to say, you got to come back next week. (laughs) I can say it and walk out and sleep tonight with both eyes closed. (laughs) Selfishness in the body of Christ, selfishness in the family. It was really tempting Friday, fighting allergies all week. Uh, Tomorrow we're starting basketball camp Yesterday I did a wedding. Just you know, I want to tell Pastor Rick, you know what? Find another guy. But my friend needed my help. And when the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart to help somebody, you know that's one of the gifts that Paul lists in Ephesians. This helps, helping people out, putting your interest to the side. And putting their interest before your own. My friend needed my help. I tried to put myself in his shoes with his son. If I was in the hospital with my son, I'd want somebody to step in for me. Man, selfishness, it can bring us all down. Philippians chapter two, verse three, we're gonna read to verse 11. This is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, over in ancient Greece. Uh, Actually, it's in like Turkish Turkey area between Europe and Asia. He says, "Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too." Now, notice that he doesn't say it's bad to have your own interest. It's not bad to have a hobby. But sometimes when that hobby consumes your life, it becomes selfishness. I'm going to assume that you're quiet because I'm hitting a nerve. (laughs) I know we've got more verses to read, but we'll get to it in just a second. When I lived in Effingham, I started to get older. In my (laughs) in my 20s, (laughs) so old. (laughs) I started to get these headaches where I saw black spots and it really got bad when I came home from work one day at four o'clock, we had our our, our daughter Lana then and finally my wife got home from work, I gave her Lana, I went to bed about 4.30, woke up at 10 o'clock. Ate a little snack, went back to bed, and had no problem sleeping the rest of the night. Slept about 12, 13 hours. We were blessed to live next door to a guy who uh, went to our church, and he was a chiropractor. He was also on staff with us and, and looked over the finances for our church up at Effingham, and he was a great guy. And I said, hey, do you know of any doctor I can see for this? I'm starting to have headaches. He said, yeah, me. I said, okay, okay joking around, aren't you? He said, no. He said, 90% of headaches are caused by your neck being out of alignment. He said, come see me tomorrow. Okay. So I went to his office. He took me back. And if you've ever been to the chiropractor, you know how they adjust your neck. They get you in like this Liam Neeson taken hold and crack you one way and the other. It kind of startled me when I'm like, why is he grabbing right here? You know, But you know what? I trusted him. He popped my neck in. Man, it felt great. He goes, hey, you want me to check your back too? Hey, why not? That felt good. So he pops my back, puts it all back into alignment. He gets to a certain vertebrae and he says, do you sleep eight hours every night and feel like you get five? I said, yes, my whole entire life. He said, we'll fix that. Sometimes that's what selfishness is. I'm not saying you have a, a disease, but sometimes you need to be readjusted. Everything flows better when you're adjusted, when you're straightened out. Amen. So don't take everything that I say today as a personal attack. I'm trying to just adjust you, or the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> we'll start all over. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Man, Paul's a great writer. He starts talking about not being selfish and then he compares it to Jesus whom we want to be like, right? I want to be more like Jesus. I know that I fail in that regard sometimes, but I want to be, and if I go towards him, he will make me more like him. And so from these scriptures, here are three ways that Jesus dealt with selfishness in his own life because he was 100% God and he was 100% man, which means he had the divine power of God to overcome any sin that he faced. And he faced every sin that all of you have faced in your lives as well as myself. Number one, he had humility. Verse five and six, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Oh, I'm just a terrible person. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. That's not humility. Humility is just thinking of yourself less. You know what? I'm going to go help that person out. You know, people that are really, you just get around, you know, humility when you get around it, right? You know, you meet a humble person when you experience just fullness in your heart because they genuinely put you first. That is something I wish I had more of. You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, He was praying so hard that he was sweating blood. He was wondering whether he should go through the death and the torture on the cross. He knew it was coming. He even said, God, if it's not your will, take it away. But finally he said, not my will be done, but yours he put his own interest to the side and he went after the father's purpose to save all mankind from sin that's the kind of humility we can have as well you've got the holy spirit living inside of you if you claim jesus as your king of your life and you can walk with him and you can walk with that humility and put others before yourself it's an amazing feeling. It makes you feel good when you do it. It's not the only reason why you should do that. You should do it to honor God. But man, it's just a relief when you do it. Second thing is Jesus communicated to the Father. He told him, I don't know if I want to do this. Communication is a big thing, isn't it? I'll give you a couple of examples. I didn't clear this with her, so I might be in trouble when I get home, but it's with my wife. (laughs) Communication is a two-way street. Did you know that? You also have to listen. You can talk and you can listen. Here lately, I'll have so many things on my mind and she'll be talking about things And then all of a sudden she'll bring up something that she talked about 30 minutes ago and act like I should be tracking with her. (laughs) I am a male. (laughs) I think about one thing at a time. My mind has moved on minutes ago to something else. So one day to try to, you know, show her that this was irritating me. (laughs) I just randomly said, and that was a fun championship that we won. She goes, "Uh uh-huh. What championship are you talking about? I said, you tell me. Isn't that a fun game? She's been getting better now. (laughs) Now I got to tell you a story about how I fail. That's how I make up for it. Sometimes we hear what we want to hear. We were a couple months into marriage and we were living in an apartment in Effingham. And uh, one night... Jenna made Sloppy Joe. Great meal. Amen? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Great meal. I love Sloppy Joe. Now, <clears throat> we had been facing some, some difficult times, uh, not financially or anything, just a situation with some people, and it was really uh, making me have a low self-esteem about myself. Thankfully, I'm over it now. I don't care what you think of all this. All right. <laughs> And I'm sitting down, and I've got the news on TV, and I'm eating. And she goes, how do you like your food, hubby? And I did not hear her correctly, and I looked at her. I thought she had said something else. <laughs> if you had my mother in class, you, you know the face I'm getting ready to show you. It's with clenched jaw. What would you just call me? I thought we were going to have an issue. Uh, and she goes, hubby? Said, so, "Oh, okay. I just went back to eating." <laughs> she goes, "What do you think I called you?" I said, "Tubby." How <laughs> <laughs> do you like your food, Tubby? <laughs> <laughs> it's back when I cared about my weight. Uh, <laughs> we have to be in tune, listening as well as speaking. Same thing in church. Sometimes we just like to go into a meeting and just spout off our ideas and then leave, not caring what other people think. If we put other people's interests in front of ours, we can have a, a productive conversation, productive communication. In verse 7 of what we read, it says uh, Jesus gave up his divine privileges. He stepped down out of heaven. He, he agreed with the Father. And then before he went to the cross... He vented a little bit and he needed to fulfill his purpose. While we're talking about venting, parents, don't vent to your kid about the other parent. Let's talk about parenting for a little bit, all right? I learned this as a teenager before I had kids. One day, uh, it's with my dad. We were farming or something. We were going into town to get a part. We we're in a truck, and I was talking about my mother, and I said, "Well, you know how you know how she can be." My dad's a very quiet man. When he says things, you listen. He said, "No, I don't." Feeling like I needed to be validated, I repeated myself. Uh, yeah. You do, you know how, and he just looked at me and said, no, I don't. The trip into town then took on a typical Talbert family trip in that nobody spoke. (laughs) Because I got the point. He didn't raise an idiot. (laughs) I knew that that was that. I wasn't allowed to vent to him or talk bad about my mom. Parents, when you do that, you're, you're creating a civil war in your house. You're dividing it. A house divided will not stand. You better stay on the same side. You better stay on the same team as your spouse. And if you're divorced, that's a lot harder. I understand I'm not in your shoes. I've never been down that road. But I can tell you this, God will honor you not speaking about that person more than He will if you do. Last time I checked, God's not a big fan of the gossiping. Communication, it's huge. One more thing I'm going to vent about because I'm a teacher. Here's something you can tell your kids that will greatly help out every teacher no matter where your kid goes to school. The word no. Please tell your kids the word no. Maybe do it for fun. I do it with your kids at school for fun just to see how they react. I know which ones hear the word no at home when I tell them that. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> just adjusting. Just remember, just putting things back in place. Your kids need to hear the word no. They can't get everything they want. They're not going to get everything they want in life. Someday they're going to leave your nest, hopefully, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Amen. <laughs> Again, I told my mom one time, I'm going to live here till I'm 30. She goes, No, you're not. <laughs> Your kids need to hear the word no. They can't get everything they want because life's not that way. Final thing Jesus did was he was obedient to, to the will of God. Ultimately he went to the cross and likewise we should submit ourselves to God's word. Sometimes what God is asking us to do will not feel comfortable. It will not feel fair. It will not be what we want to do. Nevertheless, if you truly love the Lord, you will obey Him. If that means putting the interest of somebody else before your own, so be it. Be humble, be open to what God wants for you. You know why I read the uh, last few verses there in Philippians chapter two? Because we see what Jesus was rewarded with after he gave his life for us. God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. So now his, the benefit for us is so great because he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. And someday we can be with him in heaven. And the benefit for Jesus is he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, able to uh, mediate for us. Able to say, hey, my blood covers their sins. Hey, hey, Satan's attacking that person and they're one of ours. You need to send some heavenly warring angels to protect them. And then someday Jesus is coming back as a conquering king. Hmm. I like to think about that. When God asks us to do something, the least we can do is obey. It's the very least. He obeyed all the way to the cross. We're gonna have two times of prayer here. Worship team's not gonna come back up. I want to give you the plan before we do it. we need to put selfishness to the side. We need to go after the things of God because when we're, when we're not full of self, we're full of the spirit. So you're gonna have an opportunity to spend some time with the Lord here in just a second. I'm gonna pray for you. And then we're gonna have an opportunity to put somebody else first. That's the family of your pastor. And we're going to pray differently that time. During worship, I scrambled, looked back at Michaela and said, give me a pen, I need a pen. I believe God gave me something for that prayer time. I'm greatly looking forward to it because I think a lot of people in here will have their faith increased by that prayer time. There's only one really, uh, I guess, what do you call it, celebrity pastor, famous pastor, I don't know which one. I hate the term celebrity pastor. Why should pastors be celebrities, you know? Oh, Jesus is the only true celebrity. There's only one guy I watch. That's Robert Morris. Because he doesn't scream, he doesn't yell. He just presents the word of God. And then at the end, you feel a whole lot smarter. I don't know whether I am or not, but I feel like it. And he always ends the service with this altar call. Just where you're at, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me? And there's times I'll be in my recliner, almost half asleep, because it's almost 10 o'clock at night. I've had a long day. I go, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? I know this wasn't the greatest sermon, but the word of God was presented and he's speaking something to you. Maybe he's convicting you of being selfish in some areas. It's hindering your family, it's hindering your church, it's hindering your relationship with your kids. It's time to put that to the side. If you're a young person, I hope you felt some conviction over being selfish. My mom once told me that that was the most selfish age when I was a teenager, she told me that. Uh, That's why I remember it. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Let me pray for you, and then we're gonna go into a second prayer time, okay? God, I thank you for Orchardville Church. I thank you for their desire to be more like you. I thank you for the time of worship we had. God, if there's any selfishness that you have revealed to people, I pray that they would repent of it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that just as a chiropractor adjusts the human body back into alignment, you would align the body of Christ. To where it needs to be. God, if there's unforgiveness in the room amongst families or amongst church members, I pray that it would be ironed out in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for those that maybe feel wronged by the church, yet they still come here. There would be forgiveness in their hearts in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for those who are offended by anything that has happened in their past. That they would find forgiveness in the name of Jesus and move on from that offense. God, help us. Help us not to be selfish. Help us to put your interests first, God. Help us to love on people in humility and kindness. Help us to show the love of Christ to those who are not in this building here today and who need to experience it. Go before us this week, O God. Give us opportunities, oh God, to speak life into situations and to put our interests to the side. Give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're gonna pray. Pastor Rick. Sarah and Jackson especially. We're going to pray differently than we just did. I believe God dropped this into my spirit during worship. Not that we would have prayer time. I believe he dropped that in my spirit yesterday. prayer we're getting ready to pray is a prayer of war. That word kept coming to my mind, war. War. God is using this situation to teach this church how to go to war. There's a verse in the Old Testament where David says he uses my hands for war. But this is not a physical war. It's a spiritual one. And just as a soldier doesn't know what the full experience of war is like when he enlists, so you didn't know when you gave your life to Christ. But this is how a follower of Christ wages war by prayer. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, Jesus is in the midst of them. I'm not a math teacher, but I think we've got more than three here today. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Jackson's healing. And we're going to pray like we're going to war because they need a miracle. And we're desperate. It makes me mad. It makes me mad that he's been in the hospital about a month. I'm not mad at God. I'm mad at Satan who thinks he can take away the gift of this church. A minister is a gift. How would you feel if you opened up a gift on Christmas and somebody immediately destroyed it? That's what Satan's getting ready to do. Unless we go to war. There's a position you take in a prayer of war and, You gotta stand, so everybody please stand. If you have a need and you feel like we haven't covered it today, I promise you that if you pray for your pastor and the authority that God has placed over you in this church, he's gonna take care of your need too. Especially if you need a healing. You pray for the healing of your pastor's son. He's going to take care of you. Because when we pray, the Holy Spirit's going to be loosed in this place. Maybe like never before. I don't know, because I don't know the history as well as some others do. When I pray, you pray with me. We've all been praying by ourselves. It's time for a corporate prayer of war. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. You're our only hope in this situation, oh God. We cry out to you. We cry out to you for Jackson, oh God. God, I read this morning how when you went to the other side of the lake and the crowd followed you, you got out and immediately you began to heal people. God, we claim that healing right now in the name of Jesus for Jackson. God, you would you just break through? Would you just break through, O oh God? By your stripes, O oh God, we know that you can heal and you will heal, O oh God. So, Lord, we just bind up the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus right now. Anything that's hindering this healing happening, oh God, right now, we bind it up in the name of Jesus and we say, be loosed in the name of Jesus, your healing power flowing through that hospital room right now, O oh God. Lord, that abscess on his brain. Be gone today in the name of Jesus. We pray not only would he be healed, but God, he would be completely restored and uh, is able to be released from the hospital today. God, it seems impossible. God, people will doubt, but you're the God of the impossible. You're the God of miracles. You're the God who has done awesome things time and time again. And God, by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, the same Holy Spirit that raised you from the grave, we cry out right now, be healed in the name of Jesus. Jackson Hayes, be healed. God, we pray for our pastor, Rick Hayes, his wife, Sarah. God, we pray that you would give them rest, true rest by your Holy Spirit power. God, that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are in this situation, that you are with them. God, that your presence surrounds them. Oh God, thank you in advance for your victory. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do, oh God. Thank you, God, for your awesome power and presence in the lives of the Hayes family. Be with Brylin, oh God, through this time. Be with her, give her your peace, your joy and your love. Thank you, oh God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, and we give you praise, In Jesus' name, amen.